Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Saddlecast with myself, Glyn Price, and as usual I'm joined by Ollie Warner. How are you, mate? I'm, yep, I'm mate. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Um, unfortunately, me and Ollie missed one game this week, and it turned out to be the one game you wouldn't have wanted to miss this week, because um, obviously Shrewsbury had an epic game against Charlton midweek, which we missed, and then we both went to the dire 0-0 draw versus Coventry, didn't we, Ollie? So um, this week we've actually uh, managed to get a guest. We had someone drop out late, so I've managed to be able to call on my ever-useful brother, um, who was at the Charlton game as well. So um, yeah, welcome to the podcast again, Mike. Cheers. It's my job to sort of pick apart probably the most memorable game in a while <laughs> and see if I can still remember Tuesday night yeah it's very good so yeah Ollie what, where we, unfortunately where were you uh, at the Shrewsbury Charlton game I was in Amsterdam with work so yeah I um, worked for United Biscuits we've got a biscuit factory over there so yep flew over from London the day before and yeah I was fortunate modern technology allowed me to listen to um, the game on a train um, to the suburbs of, of Amsterdam so that was quite cool actually listening to the Shrewsbury oh, nice. game on a on a train um, the, the the wonder of Shrews player in 3G, so that was cool. But um, That's yeah, right. it was a yeah a very very entertaining game, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to get Mike's thought on, <laughs> on the game. Yeah, I was I was again up north as I usually am, and uh, I was on one of my uh, regular phone calls back to the wife. And as soon as Shrewsbury got it back to, I think where they got they sort of got it back to the drawer. I was like, Anna, I'm going to have to put the phone down. <laughs> I've got to get back to seeing what's going on down the meadow. So uh, she took it well as usual. But there we go. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you um, you think, Mike. And also, Ollie, you've watched it back on uh, you've watched the entire game back on the highlights, haven't you? So that's dedication to the podcast. Yeah, I did. I was. I've never really taken, never really used the um, the option to watch the full game back. And I thought um, I was working from home Thursday, Friday, Thursday night. I my girlfriend was doing lots of school works, and I thought, yeah, I watched the watch the full game. So I plugged the laptop up to the TV and watched it. And yeah, it was good. It was a good game. And yeah. It, it flew through um, pretty quickly. Last 15 minutes is a bit quiet, but yeah, a lot of goals. So yeah, it's good to watch. Good stuff. Well, I'm interested to see what you guys think about it because I've only seen the highlights. So uh, yeah, we'll go straight into the Charlton and Coventry games now. Holtzich and Holt has scored again from 25 yards. Dipping Wally. He slides forward. Jürgen Klinsmann style. And just keeps getting better and better and better. So the first game of last week was the epic 4-3, Shrewsbury Town 4, Charlton Athletic 3 in front of uh, 4,900 on a, on a Tuesday night. So it's going to be a bit of a mad one to go through this because it sounded like such an epic, crazy game that just even going over the goals is going to take us quite a while, Ollie. So um, yeah, just to run through the Shrewsbury goal scorers, we had Dodds on 11 minutes and then later on at 75, and then Roberts got one on 51, Wally got one on 52, and then I think it's Ricky Holmes, isn't it, who scored a, scored a hat-trick for Charlton Athletic. So... Yes, a mad old game, one I was absolutely gutted to miss, as I've already said, and um, yeah, I think it's probably just worth going through it bit by bit, really, Ollie, isn't it, this this week, just to, just to start us off, so um, yeah, I think the first question is, Mike, when you walked in that night, I bet you weren't expecting to see another 4-3. No, I was. I drove home from work in Telford, uh, and I was 50-50 on whether I was even going to go, because it was lashing down, and I was a bit tired from a busy week at work, so I said to my wife, oh, I'm not sure I could be bothered, and then Glenn had sort of wrote me in, in case something went wrong with your guest and I had to come and describe it so I sort of had to go uh, and I don't want to rub it in lads but it was brilliant it was <laughs> such a good game yeah. um, and you know from going in with such low expectations um, it was breathless really you know, yeah. the whole thing I think just before we start going into it Ollie just because obviously it's the random thing about it is we've played Charlton Athletic twice at home haven't we in the New Meadow and both games have been 4-3 were you at the, the 4-3 game that we had previously yeah I was yeah I was at that and also the, the, oh, um, the away game earlier in the season um, when they smashed us. Oh yeah, you did. So you? yeah, I think I've, I've got another soft spot for Charlton. Good friend of mine's a Charlton fan, and um, yeah, it's um, I can't believe I missed this one. And yeah, I'm quite jealous of Mike. Well, I was just wondering whether you'd miss both the four threes because <laughs> if you'd miss both of them, you yeah, would have been gutted. Been but yeah, luckily I was at the first one as well, and that was a, that was a mad old game. So yeah, well, I mean, let's just get into the game, really. I mean, what did it start like, Mike? Yeah, we we seemed to start pretty sharply actually. Um, we seemed pretty um, clued up for it, and everybody seemed really motivated, and and we sort of went off and attacked them pretty early, and that. That's sort of borne out in the fact that we scored, you know, relatively mm. early, you know, just after just after ten minutes. Yep. And um, that goal was a bit of an odd one though, because we hit him on a bit of a bit of a break, bit of a quick break, a couple of quick passes, and we were on the edge of their box. And then when it dropped to Dodds, I initially thought because he seemed to take a long time to hit it that he'd actually sort of poked it wide. <laughs> uh, and I think a lot of people in the ground thought that, and he scored, and there was a bit of a a bit of a surprise silence, and then and then everybody was sort of erupted into cheers. But I think. We were all caught a bit on the hop that we'd actually scored quite early because I think everybody was expecting a, a difficult opening, probably. Yeah. Um, but it was a good start, definitely, yeah. Yeah, you, you've obviously seen the goal back, Ollie. I mean, it was a decent finish, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a nice strike. Um, and yeah, it was a bit of composure from Dodds. And it was interesting. I was quite surprised to see him in this side. And um, yeah, he fully just kind of deserved into his selection. And um, yeah, it was a nice, nice goal. And um, yeah, it was nice to see Shrewsbury get a, a good start to the game because we don't 
we normally stout fairly well, but we don't normally score that many early goals, do we? No, we don't. And it's it's funny. I mean, Dodds is Dobbs is top goal scorer now, isn't he? I think that's right, isn't yeah, it? So he? Yeah, he is. Considering he's been in and out in and out all season, and I'm still mm. not fully convinced. Obviously, he had a good game on Tuesday night, but I missed it. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's it's strange that he's top goal scorer, and obviously he got another one later. But yeah, you know, if he can try and find a bit more form towards the season, he can try and get 15, 20 goals, maybe. You know, that'd be a fairly good return for his first season at the club, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, definitely would. Um, so yeah, I suppose once we'd scored. Um, it seemed to wake Charlton up a little bit, and then we, like as a team, seemed to look surprised that we we were ahead and that we'd gone ahead so early. And we kind of didn't know how to manage the game at that point, I think. And we went into our shells a bit and retreated off the ball a bit, and it gave Charlton that room to 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 play a lot more football and and get on top of us. And then, really, you know, their guy, their guy Holmes has scored two absolute worldies in the first half. Um, the first one was an absolute cracking strike from the sort of on the half volley on the edge of the box, mm. which looked while well, I didn't really have a chance with. And the second one was the free kick, which is pinged top corner. Um, again, Lutwiler really hasn't got a chance on that. Um, and it was and it was that sort of first half where, bang, it was half-time already. We'd seen three goals, loads of attacking play and attacking football, and you sort of almost can't remember some of the quality in there. But, um, yeah, it was a great first half. Who, who was, I mean, obviously we went in 2-1 down at half-time, but who would have been generally on top in the game? Because they'd obviously scored two, world goldie, two, two worldies, but had they been, like, against the run of play, or had they, as you say, they'd started to get back on top? <laughs> it's difficult to describe the run of play because both teams were really good going forwards but they were both wide open at the back. Uh, and, you know, Lutweiler made a couple of really sharp um, sort of reaction saves. One one I remember right on the goal line, sort of pushed it away into, into safety. Um, but, yeah, it was just like, we'll attack you, you attack us, we'll attack you, and that's how it went all the way to half-time. So it wasn't against the run of play, but equally we could have both scored more goals probably. Mm. You, you do you agree with that, having watched it back as well, Ollie? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd say we, we, we looked... Well, their, their goals, two of them were worldies, weren't they? So, um, yeah. Shrewsbury in terms of our defensive performance was probably better than Charlton and we seem to have to also dictate quite a lot of play um, it was yeah. interesting to see like we were um, we were playing very attacking weren't we, we were, the whole midfield was really pushed up really high including both central midfielders yeah. um, both strikers and one thing I thought was quite a big difference from the last game was obviously having Dodds who kind of played on the wing didn't he but Mike but he kind of drifted in a lot and obviously having yeah, Roberts, he was quite central for most of the game. Yeah, yeah, and obviously having Roberts, who does like to drunk back a bit. Yeah, the op- midfielders had a lot more options, so yeah, we seemed to pass the ball a lot more. And yeah, I thought we were watching the highlights back. I thought we were a bit l- unlucky to be losing two um, one um, after the first half. Yeah, half time sort of felt like the wind had been knocked out of sails. We, you know, we were up, we'd scored, we were still attacking well, but it felt just slightly unfair that we were two one down because we don't usually play with that sort of attacking flair too often. Um, so it, it felt like we'd struggled to get back in it. I thought the heads would be dropped in in the team at half time, and it, I thought it, it would be a bit of an effort for Hurst to get them going again. To be honest, yeah, and, and obviously looking at the, looking at it from afar, like I've been doing, it didn't <laughs> seems to be that they came out after half time <laughs> look absolutely ravenous for more goals because it didn't take too long for them to get the two goals back and get back ahead, did it? So um, yeah, what was that start of the second half like, really? Uh, again, it was we came out of the blocks really well again, um, and. It continued the the sort of the theme of it being a pretty open and end to end game. You know, again, our defence weren't brilliant. Sadler pretty much held them together. Um, but going forward, you know, some of the play by Roberts and some of the play by um, some of the midfielders was brilliant. And the, the, the sort of one touch and quick interchange passing opened them up on a number of occasions. Uh, and Wally, especially running at his, his full back, he had him on toast all day. Mm. Um, he was brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, we got, like you say, we scored some well timed goals, to be fair. Um, the, the the sort of equalising goal, the ball from Sadler from the back to pick out Roberts was uh, as good a pass as you'll see at our level. And then Roberts takes one chest, gets it, gets it out in front of him, uh, you know, steadies himself and then pops it in the bottom corner. It was a really smart finish, actually. Yeah, it looked like a, I saw that goal back. The more I looked at it, the more I think the keeper probably could have done a little bit better with it yeah, on the probably. highlights. But to be fair to Roberts, he took it first time and, and showed that drive <clears> to get forward. So, um, yeah, he's been well rewarded with that run forward, hasn't he? Yeah, it was, he was a great run. And the ball from Dodds was excellent. Um I'm, I saw you've put on the highlights and I'm sure we'll probably discuss in a bit more detail Robins, um, Robinson's um, post-match comments but one of my favourite moments of his post-match oh, yeah. was he said to his players don't let Dodds get on his right foot and it was that right foot that just sailed a peach of a ball over to Roberts who chested it down and... Ollie you're talking about the wrong you're talking about the wrong goal we were talking about the equaliser oh, you're, you're too excited mate you're trying I'm to you're, excited, trying yeah, <laughs> you're taking a great pass off Matt Sadler there yeah we're talking about the Roberts goal where, where Sadler put him in was it, was it Sadler? 
I thought it was Dodds. Yeah, yeah. he strolls out from centre half oh. and plays a left footed ball over the top. Yeah, yeah, he did oh. it again on Saturday. I make it, I, I apologise then. I thought it was Dodds. Um, because <laughs> maybe, well, just watching it back, I thought it was Dodds. So apologies. Yeah, I made a mistake there. So if it's sad, that's even more impressive. Um, but yeah, yeah it was. You've got me doubting myself now. I'm sure it was. I'm going to have to watch it back now. I can't remember who it was. But um, This is the accuracy that Salakas has come to expect from us, Ollie. So let's (laughs) let's move on. Either way, we got it back to 2-2. And then then it was only like, what, a minute later we got the third, didn't we? So I think that's the goal you were just talking about then, maybe, Ollie, is... um, yeah, it, it sounded like an absolute mental from the, the highlights I sort of heard back, and it sounded yeah. like you had a, a good celebration when we went three to up, Mike. Yeah, um, well, it's great to see a, a great goal scored. And Wally cuts, he just he got the ball cut back inside and then hit it pretty early doors, and uh, he, he got it pretty well in the side netting. Um, and it was just a great finish, and it, again, unexpected. And yeah, he just went straight into the crowd and he was going crazy, so the rest of us were as well, yeah. <laughs> so that was 52 minutes, and we were back ahead then, Ollie. So, um, yeah, everyone was probably expecting us to try and see it out, but the way the game was going, I think probably people expected more goals, wouldn't they? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Obviously, we came out, um, obviously disappointed after the first half, and then, yeah, seven minutes into the second half, and we were winning again. So, yeah, it was quite a turnaround. And, Mike, do you think that was think it was just going on Shrewsbury carried on playing in the same kind of manner or do you think it was a bit of a rocket at half time or it must have got into him at half time and said look you know we can't be we can't be attacking like this and not scoring our goals and not winning this game and uh, for all Charlton's attacking flair as well it was basically all coming through one guy uh you know that Holmes he was they were supplying him well enough but you could tell if he wasn't playing they wouldn't have been half the threat they were so I think Hurst would have spotted that and said look as long as we can keep him off the ball we should win this, really, because they were there for the taking. So, um, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's probably worth asking, really, what did you make of Charlton in general? Because like, they're, only, they're only sort of a point ahead of us on Saturday just before we played, weren't they? So, you know, for a bigger club, we, we obviously lost 3-0 at them. It shows the le- leaps forward we've made, really, I suppose, since that away game, doesn't it, Ollie? But, um, yeah, what, what did you, I'm asking Mike, really, what did you make of Charlton? You know, do you think they're pretty safe now, or do you think they could still get dragged into it? I can see why they're getting dragged into it. Like I say, that sort of one ta- one-man team mentality, you know, he must have been gutted to score a hat-trick and not be on the winning team. You know, I don't know how often that happens. Um, but yeah, they, they were they were tidy in parts, but they, their number nine was a bit of a lump. It didn't really problem, cause as many problems. And look, thinking back on the game now, nobody really stands out as somebody who thought, oh God, I'd love him in my team, apart from Holmes, who scored the hat-trick. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, and they just, they, at the back, they switched off often. The, the, many times our players would seem to go through and their guys would just look like they couldn't be bothered to chase them back much further. It was strange, really. Very strange mm. performance. Very odd. So then, yeah, obviously 3-2 Shrewsbury and then it was a sort of a period where there weren't any goals for a short short while between 52 minutes and 70 minutes. But Ricky Holmes obviously wasn't finished with us for the night and he, he bagged his um, his third goal of the night. So 3-3. And then was it the usual meadow, Mike? Was the, the, were the panic stations out? Was everyone thinking we've thrown it away again? Uh, yeah, it's kind of typical Shrewsbury. But I don't know, because it happened so quick again, uh, the the goal itself was, it was a bit of loose defending. One of their players got subbed off and I think Yates was marking him. And the guy that came on, Yates just didn't pick him up again. Uh, and then they threw the ball to him and he quickly turned around, knocked it across uh, and he went straight across the box without being intercepted and Holmes just popped it in the bottom corner mm, again. Good finish. Yeah. Um, and that seemed to, you know, get a bit of a typical town. We'll, we'll draw a game, we scored three goals in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, you know, again, we didn't take long to go up and score another goal, and that's really when the panic sets in. And you're looking at the clock every two minutes, and it feels like 30 seconds have passed. So yeah, it's, it was a, it was an interesting end. But the uh, the final goal uh, by Dodds again was a strange it was a strange goal really, because Wally cuts inside, he's absolutely poleaxed in the box, and pretty much every player on the pitch apart from Dodds stops. And Dodds picks up the ball. Well, he doesn't hear a whistle, so he has a shot. The keeper sort of parries it. Comes back out to him. Everybody still stopped, and then he sticks it in the back of the net. And it was again, we weren't sure because everybody stopped whether the ref had blown or Dodds was or somebody was offside. And it was again, it, it took a little while for the fans <laughs> to celebrate because everybody was sort of wondering whether it was a real goal or not. No, it's good that Dodds didn't switch off, really, isn't it? That's mm. the sort of professionalism you want to see from your players. So, um, yeah, four three. And even watching the highlights back, I bet you were sort of clenching your fists at that. All even though it was a few days later. Yeah, no, it was a good win, a really, really good win. Um, just, I just watched the highlights as we were kind of going through there. You were right, Mike. It was um, ah, Sadler who um, <laughs> who did that. Yeah, delightful ball with. Um, he kind of as you very, very uh, accurately described what happened there. So yeah, so kudos to Mike. Uh, yes. I, I, I can't believe he's right, Ollie. Normally, I think I said this on the last podcast. He's the man that used to ask me whether games kick off at three o'clock when we were playing at the old game meadow. So <laughs> shows what he knows about football. But there you go. He's, he's maybe he's matured over the years. And he's, switching he's, on. He's got some knowledge now. But yeah, as you say, a great victory in the end, and obviously massively helped us in terms of the relegation battle, didn't it, Ollie? And um, Mike was Mike was sort of telling me um, one of the things we've been talking about the last few games where we've been winning at home was 
we've talked about this a few times, haven't we? Because we obviously sit by each other. Is about how Shrewsbury are seeing games out and mm. and how professionally they're doing it. And again, it sounded like the end of the Charlton game. Town did did all they could to kill the game off and slow it right down. Yeah, we've developed a brilliant habit of when we know we can win a game is managing the the remaining time out, and that's by we slow the game down. We we you know take a little bit more time over throw-ins. We're more likely to go towards the corner with the ball. Um, you know, and it's just holding the ball in the opposition's half and uh, and, and defending it out smartly. So. All credit to Hurst, who's probably drummed that into the team, but the, the the players are taking good responsibility for seeing out a good performance rather than sort of getting ahead, getting concerned, you know, dropping off. And how many times have we seen town teams just drop into the penalty yeah. area? Um, and they're not doing that so much. It's good to see. Yeah, I, I do you agree with that, Ollie? Because I think you know, for years we've always said, "Oh, we've sat too deep, we've sat too deep," but we're just not seeing that under Hurst, are we? No, we don't. It's a good point. Um, the, the position and the shape of the team is normally pretty pretty spot on. Um, We've often had, often you know, we've had sharps and some other slow defenders, which obviously seen us being forced <laughs> to sit really deep. Um, but I think that's one of the things that Hurst has added to the team, hasn't he? He's added pace and athleticism across the across the entire team, which has obviously helps us in these kind of situations. And I don't know. I just think it's, I think we're from a defensive point of view. You know, two of Holmes's goals were unstoppable. Okay, you could maybe argue you could close down the, the first strike, but the free kick was immense. So I think, yeah, in some ways, I think we're a bit unlucky to um, to concede three. And just talking to Holmes, you know, as a there's not hardly many players um, that score a hat trick and on the don't even get a point from the game. So yeah, the the manager even commented <laughs> he was furious um, in the dressing room. And to be honest, you can't really blame him, can you? No, you can't. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that, that you, might, we'll come on to some of the other comments we've got. Mike's got on the game and yourself as well, Ali. But it's probably just worth looking at because we'll go into Paul Hurst post match as well. But Carl Robinson's post match interview was nuts, wasn't it? I don't know yeah. if you've watched it back. I watched it back, but like he was saying things like, you know, would shoes we want any of our players, Ricky Holmes aside, things like that. He was so scathing. He was like, they're not fit to wear the shirt. So right, right, it was a complete and utter, you know, disastrous result for Charlton Athletic, really, wasn't it? And no wonder Carl Robinson was as angry as he was. And I thought Carl Robinson came across as the sort of manager I quite like at the Meadow one day. He seemed like he's not going to take any nonsense from his players. He's obviously working under incredibly tough conditions at Charlton with everything that's going on. And I thought, you know, that's the sort of interview that you kind of quite like to see, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, definitely. I um, I've got a friend of mine who's a season ticket holder at Charlton, um, and I was chatting him about um, the game during the game actually as well. We're texting each other, um, which was a bit of an interesting. A lot of texts flying around, um, but in terms of <laughs> since he's been at Charlton, um, he's got um, he's had um, he's averaged one point a game um, out nice. of uh, out of like their last few managers. You know, he had, he's got one of the worst. Um, Kind of win percentages in the last in the last few years under the last seven or so managers they had, but also he said he said that all of the interviews are a bit odd and he seems to talk for the sake of it and he says that the squad is not particularly poor he just seen doesn't seem to be able to get them playing very well. However, he says it was yeah, a bit, a bit interesting that um, Johnny Jackson backed up the manager's comments, so he's got no idea what's going on. Um, but I do feel for him. He's basically said as well. He said that basically his club is. Um, it's pretty much like corrupt from top to bottom. Um, so yeah, oh, obviously a bit similar like um, Coventry fans as well. Um, yeah, feels mm. feel for them and be interested to see how they get on. Yeah, you do next season. You do feel for them, don't you? Did you did you see? I mean, I don't know if your friend was one of the ones. There was a load of Charlton fans went out to Belgium to protest the owner, didn't they? This week, and so you know, it, it, if it comes to that sort of thing, you're obviously being pretty badly managed if you feel it's passionate enough to go and protest them in their own country. So yeah, fair play to the Charlton fans. Obviously, we we wanted the three points, but I hope they get their club back, like I do with any of these clubs. You know, same with Coventry. I hope they I kind of get get control of their football clubs and they don't lose their football clubs like some some teams around us have done. Yeah, definitely. Charlton are obviously pretty famous, aren't they, for getting the valley back. Um, and they've got a really good set of fans. Um, my friend said he would have yeah. gone. He's got like you know he, um, he's got his own business and he's got two kids and a family and stuff. So he said he would have gone if he didn't have plans this weekend. Um, apparently, I saw a really funny okay. video of um, Charlton fans um, standing outside of a banner while their chairman was trying to have his lunch on his birthday. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty hilarious. But um, yeah, Roland um, wouldn't like that. No, he wouldn't. No, but in defence of Roland, he's ain't, this, <laughs> he ain't on this kind of scale, is he? Um, but no, feel for Charlton, and um, yeah, be interested to see. They won't go down. That's that's for sure. Um, but be interested to see what you happens. Okay. Uh, no, I, d- I don't think they'll go down. Um, but be interested to see um, what happens to them next season. Yeah. Okay. Is there any other comments you two have got on the game really before we try and move on to sort of summing up with the top three and, and our manager's comments? Is there anything you wanted to say, Ollie, on any more than that? 
Um, no, no, not really. No, just I thought it was class from Roberts. Um, he had a fantastic game again, didn't he? Um, it's a shame um, he um, didn't keep that form on <laughs> into the game on Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, very true. I'm, I'm, I'm reading Mike's comments because uh, we've got the agenda as usual and one of the comments that I can pick up in here but probably worth keeping another game is Mike has not got a lot of good things to say about um, old Yates in midfield but I think on the basis of the fact that he had probably an even worse game on Saturday we'll probably bring it up in a bit because yeah, um, yeah he's, he's not he's still convinced of you isn't he old Yates but um, yeah is there anything else there that Mike that you want to you say about the game? Um, well, it's probably going to be reflecting my top three, but I just I thought it it might seem a bit harsh because he's not been included. But despite the two goals, I thought Dodds was actually quite quiet in the game, and he he was sort of neat and tidy with the ball. But I'm still yet to see him really control a game or, or sort of stamp his authority on a game. He kind of he floats about until we get in the ball and he does something slightly creative. But you know, I think we saw on Saturday that he can be a bit of a, a bit of a uh, passenger sometimes as well so yeah he did great for scoring two goals uh, and without his goals he wouldn't have won but an, an, another sort of frustrating performance yeah, outside of that but it seems harsh to say because he scored two goals you know. Yeah, it's, it's, your honest, it's your honest view isn't it so that's all you can ask I mean the only other thing I've got to say about it is my, well, I went to see my dad a couple of days after the game and uh, he said it was the best game he'd seen for 15 years but I think he might have been winding me up because <laughs> my dad likes to do he that he would so. do that yeah Yeah, there we go so um, yeah so good result we moved us up the table a bit didn't he only opened the gap a little bit further so it's probably just worth asking Mike for his top three really uh, yeah, so I went for uh, Roberts, uh, number one, because he he played with his head up all game uh, and he caused them no end of problems with his sort of one-touch passing and he, he can move the ball very well and make space for himself to, to create and, and affect the game and he didn't stop for 90 minutes as well. He ran himself into the ground. Uh, second, I went for Sean Worley because he his direct running uh, and he had his, his full-back had a, a nightmare against him uh, and that's just because of how good he was. Uh, and a lot of his delivery into the box caused a lot of problems uh, and obviously... His run for the for the winner was pretty vital, and then I went for Matt Sadler third because on a game where our backline didn't have their best time, he was really holding it together, uh, and everything good that happened at the back was sort of him either tidying up or winning the first ball. Um, so yeah, he was very good as well. Yeah, and that was that. Ollie Tuesday night done, and then everyone was obviously looking forward to the bottom of the league team coming to Shrewsbury, and uh, I confidently predicted us to win two nil, and so would you, Ollie, last week, and <laughs> so we were all obviously expecting a win, and what happened? One of the dullest games you'll ever wish to see, and actually one of the worst performances, let's be honest about it, before we start getting into any kind of detail about it. We had some pretty bad home games under Melton, and we lost games, but it was pretty atrocious considering the sort of standards we've set ourselves in the last few weeks, wasn't it, Ollie? It was really poor, yeah. I um, even did, I've been, as you know, been quite lucky with my bets in the last few weeks, um, especially with goal scorers and Shrewsbury Town scores, and I'd put Tyler Roberts to score and Shrewsbury to win 3-0, so... Yeah, that was my expectation on the Saturday <laughs> morning happen. going into the game. And yeah, it was dire, wasn't it? So I'm not sure how we want to start this, this dire fest. Where to well, pick up from? Let's just say it was, let's just cover cover the basics of it. It was nil nil um, against Coventry City on Saturday, the 4th of March. And uh, probably just worth saying the attendance, actually. We, we got 6,000, more than 6,000 in, which Brian's been trying to get in for a while, hasn't he? So um, there were 6,200 there, 600 from Coventry. But um, well, it's quite yeah, a lot of away fans, isn't there? Let's be honest. Yeah, quite a lot of away fans, but even then, you know, a little bit of an uptick on the on the supporters, I think. But um, it's just one of those traditional things. Whenever we do get a slightly bigger crowd in, and it seems like it's building something, we, we serve up the most dire football we can to send them back in again, doesn't it? That's just classic Shrewsbury Town, unfortunately. It was, it was, it was, it was very dire, wasn't it? It was a terrible <laughs> performance. Um, I guess kind of the first start to get start with, wasn't it? Is the um, the injury to Andy Rose, which. I think it took yes. us all by surprise because it was obviously their own players colliding, um, which caused um, both the players to go down. It looked like both of them were in serious um, trouble at the start. Mm. I didn't realise we had so many... Stre- we shouldn't really make light of... shouldn't really joke about these things, but I didn't realise we had so many stretchers. I think there was about five on the pitch, <laughs> wasn't there, at one point? They were all different. They were we? all different, yeah. Um, but <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys, have you ever... What's the longest stoppage you've ever... I've never seen a stoppage of 19 minutes before. I think I've seen one of nine before, uh, but never 19. No, I don't think I've ever got in double figures before. That was pretty pretty impressive. I had a text off my wife who was listening at home on the radio, questioning sort of what time I'd be home to, to put the baby to bed. So, um, yeah, it was it was significant, wasn't it, to be fair? Yeah, the ref did the right thing, though. You should, yeah, I mean, definitely. we criticise refs a lot this season, and he stopped the game instantly as soon as the sort of he turned around and, and saw what was going on, stopped it, and he got the required medical attention mm-hmm. straight away, which was which I thought was absolutely superb. And obviously, Shrewsbury Football Club take a lot of credit for the way they dealt with it because I think we sent on our club doctor, I saw, and obviously our medical yep. staff rushed in. And you know, when you've got a bad injury like that, it's not you know waiting for the physio or the opposition team to do it. It's like all action stations, mm-hmm. the paramedics, and everything. So 
credit to the football club and, and, and everyone that sort of dealt with it. Um, but yeah, it was a long process, wasn't it? And it was lovely at the end, Ollie, and you know, shows Shrewsbury fans in a good light that the guy got a proper standing ovation from all sides. Um, I thought that was fantastic, to be fair. And the best news about the whole thing was that he wasn't badly injured and, and was walking around by the end of the game with a huge lump on his head. Um, I saw Jane Bebb, the, the club secretary, had put something online about that. So great that he's, he's good, really, isn't it? No, it's good to hear that he's okay. Um, yeah, Paul Hurst mentioned as well in his, in his post-match that he was okay. So, yeah, all ends well in the sense that he's not injured. I imagine you'd miss the next game, wouldn't you? You would think uh, precautions would be yes. taken there and you'd miss the next game. And, yeah, he kind of set the... I don't know if that whether I don't know whether that obviously we don't know what would have happened if that hadn't happened, but um, yeah, mm. it kind of um, it didn't help the the game experience, did it? Um, and yeah, um, following on from that, we was dire and yeah, I don't know, I don't know how do we go into this game? There's no goals, so there's no real. <laughs> well, I think we'll just go through what we've written on the agenda, Ollie. That be. Yeah, go through the, what we've written on the agenda, I suppose, is the best thing, because that's uh, kind of what we're looking at. I mean, I asked the question, did, do you think it... Let's, let's ask the first question. Do you think that injury affected the game? Um, I wouldn't like to think it did, because you'd like to think that if something happens and the players sort of get on with it, but it must have done, just because it was such a different performance to Tuesday night. And it, we just seemed to lack energy, lack drive. We were second to everything. Um, but, you know, they were no better either, and it was just like... 22 professional footballers thinking, oh, I wonder what's happened to that lad. And, and yeah, I'd like to think it didn't and we were professional enough to play and concentrate on the match, but it can be the only reason, I think, unless everybody's just really tired after Tuesday. Mm. I mean, what about you, Ollie? Yeah, it did. I think it did. I think, especially some maybe some of the younger players are not really used to that. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think it did impact the game, but um, listening to Hurst post-match, I don't, think it, I don't think we can attribute the entire poor performance to that, that one incident. No. That makes sense. No, I just wonder whether it G'd the Coventry players up. That's the way I was looking at it, in that they've been pretty poor recently and lost most weeks and lost to Berry. And, you know, they put a decent ish showing in against us, probably one of their best showings from the way that their fans cheered at the end and were were clapping the fact that they actually had shots and stuff. So if that's them G'd up, it's no wonder they're bottom, though, (laughs) because they were still pretty poor. They were still pretty poor, but I just think that it might have given them that little bit of extra motivation that, you know, sometimes wins you out. But either way, you know, we still had the best chance of the game to win it with a penalty, didn't we? So we'll come to that in a minute. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone through the agenda now. I mean, seconds after the restart of the game obviously we were 20 minutes into it then um, we actually probably had a, a good chance to get one where Wally went down the wing Ollie and um, he sort of beat a couple of men and it just went across the six yard box he just needed someone to finish it but which was a bit of a recurring sort of theme of the day that there was never anyone sort of getting up into the box we were sort of a bit slow getting into the box weren't we so that chance went begging and from that point onwards it was really a succession of Coventry chances for the rest of the half wasn't it that you know we were sort of going to can't really go through them individually but you can't say anything other than look while kept us in the game, really, in the first half, Ollie. Yeah, that was a really good chance, wasn't it? I can't believe no one got on the end of that chance from that chance from Wally. It was a really, really good run. Um, and I think probably uh, Wally going off injured was probably um, the biggest in, one of the biggest impacts we had on that game. Yeah. Well, I think we'll probably come to maybe why why we thought it was such a poor performance at the end, maybe when we kind of bring in Paul Hurst's comments, because um, it was quite mm. interesting what he had to say. But um, yeah, in terms of highlights, it was um, yeah, it was pretty pretty um, pretty low in terms of the number of um, you know goal scoring opportunities we created and how many goal scoring chances they created as well. Yeah, very true. I mean, I've got you know we're, we're saying you know for anyone that wasn't at the game, it was it was very poor. But it's probably just worth asking the question: Why do you think? I mean, town were generally disjointed, weren't they, in the whole game? What I'll ask, start with Mike. What do you think was the difference between? Tuesday night and Saturday night and Saturday in terms of the games why did we look so different it was the same team what was what was the sort of what would you think was the reason why we just weren't at it was it was it sort of complacency was it you know I, well, I would say energy seemed to be lacking we mm. just seemed to be lacking that real drive to to sort of put Coventry under pressure um, against Charlton we played a really high press and it was almost as if we'd gone to the whole Barcelona get the ball back within seven seconds thing and it was the whether they ran themselves into the ground at that, and we didn't make any change. It was the same team that started, uh, and perhaps there was a few tired, few tired and jaded bodies in there. That's all I can think to put it down to. Because really, we should have been walking to that on Saturday, thinking we can turn this lot over and put a few goals past them. Yeah. Because they're rubbish, and we should have been better than them. Yeah, and that's what all the fans think. And what about you, Ollie? Obviously, you weren't there on Tuesday, but compared to our recent home games, you know, it was some of the basics were lacking, weren't they, in terms of passing and, and Mike said work rate. What what do you think really was was what do you think is going to be one of the reasons for that? Because it was such a sort of weird result compared to the way we've been going recently. Yeah, I don't know whether it was the fact that we were playing a team that we expected to beat had an impact. Mm, so the psychological maybe. element of that, and I think that definitely played played a part. Um, I think yeah, tired legs and 
it was just dire, wasn't it? It was just everything about it was dire. The players are out of position. I wouldn't say they kind of lacked work ethic because defensively we kind of we did try to track back and people kind of did put a bit of a shift in there. But the passing was atrocious. Like I yeah. can't, in the first half. I genuinely, it'd be interesting. Obviously, the clubs don't kind of share these kind of stats with the club on us, but it'd be lovely to see how many passes we actually made in the first half. I reckon you couldn't count them more to, to passes to our own player. I, I bet you couldn't count them more. No, I bet there wasn't more than five like in our in the opposition yeah. half. There was none, was there? There was and nothing. That was, yeah, that was the frustrating thing as well. Is that Tuesday night was so sharp with the pass and the, the way we put, kept possession of the ball and knocked it around, one touch, two touch, and. It seemed to take everybody three touches to get the ball under control, and then they'd sort of look up, and then they'd half make a decision, and then they'd delay it, and by the time they played the ball, either somebody was marked, or they'd just roll it straight to the opposition, or into spate. It was so odd that 11 players can all have that sort of game at the same time. Mm, that's, that's very true. And and you say you don't think it's work rate, and Mike's obviously mentioned he does think it work rate. I, I think it falls halfway between. I think some players did work reasonably hard in that first half, but you can easily point the figure at Roberts, Humphrey... Dodds, maybe Yates. I don't, you know, particularly Roberts. Considering how good he's been, I just don't think he looked arsed the whole game, to be honest with you. And and that was a huge disappointment for me. And reasons in the Y force for that, I don't know. It's probably with these lone players. They've not actually played game after game after game after game. And they're going to get to a point where this is new to them and they've got to try and keep that sort of level of of performance up. So maybe that plays a part with the lone players. But um, it's no excuse for Dodds because he was just completely anonymous in the game. and if we're talking about the first half, he might as well not have been playing. You could you could have played anyone out in his position. He probably had two or three passes in the whole game and gave the ball away, and the rest of the time sort of just hid behind his marker. I was hugely disappointed with Dodds. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think when you're doing your with top three, I really struggled. Mm. I would say everyone was so poor. Um, I would say it's, I think it's quite difficult to kind of highlight anyone who was you know particularly poor. I think they all were poor. And yeah, maybe maybe I'm, yeah. Maybe I'm being a bit too kind. Um, as Hurst said himself, someone's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> and as Hurst said, he said he said it's probably the best point we'll get all season. Yeah. We looked tired, we couldn't pass, um, and we had the best chance to win. Obviously, with a penalty which we haven't come on to yet, and when we didn't take it. Um, so I think from a from a learning perspective, and also Hurst in terms of making decisions for next season, yeah, it, it could be. You know, it's an interesting test. We haven't had this Monday, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, Saturday um, kind of split. Um, so yeah, it's going to tell us a lot about um, about the team and, and and how much they wanted it. And yeah, they just didn't seem up for it. It's almost they thought that would they'd just turn up and they'd win. Um, yeah. And one thing I think we've learned about League One this year, um, you know, you get rewarded for your hard work um, yeah. and your kind of direct, um, accurate um, attacking play. Yeah, it's very true, Ollie, very true. I think before we get to the penalty, which was the sort of standout chance we had in the whole half, because it was the only shot on target we had in the whole <laughs> half, which is the sad thing about it, um, there was a few other things I noticed in the first half. Obviously, the commentary fans were interested in how much you were watching them, Ollie. They obviously had quite a lot of protests and um, yeah. there was a Sisu out chant quite a lot. Obviously, it was a bit dis- I thought it was a bit disappointing the town fans were saying Sisu in, because as, as I said I'm personally one of those ones that doesn't want to see any club go under um, so yeah that was a bit disappointing I thought but um, they, they had their protest but there was no no flares so that was good the police the police did their job um, and they also held up a banner during the first half and again at half time asking for Russell Slade to go and obviously we'll probably come to that in a minute but I don't know if you heard today Russell Slade got the sack yeah. so um, yeah the banner obviously worked so um, that that was quite interesting watching them and obviously in our end a Shrewsbury Town fan got thrown out in the first half as well for something I don't know what happened on there so it was obviously a bit of an interesting uh, watch in the stands if it wasn't interesting on the pitch so um, yeah that was that was what I sort of I've noticed but um, then yeah we got the penalty didn't we it was Stonewall penalty I don't know if anyone here going to disagree with that probably not but um, handball and we thought yes we're going to nick this we didn't deserve to be ahead if we'd have scored it um, and it was one of those things I could in the season Ollie. it didn't seem to me that we knew who was going to take that penalty because Humphreys wanted it and then suddenly Roberts had it and I think that might have unsettled him a little bit I don't know what do you think Ollie? Yeah potentially um, I don't know if you heard I mean I don't know if it was later after the BBC kind of section of post, Paul's um, post-match comments. But um, he said that Roberts was the designated penalty taker, but obviously yeah, Humphrey, yeah. after he scored as well, was keen to take it. Um, with hindsight, Paul Hurst has looked, seemed pretty furious with the <laughs> pathetic effort he had. And yeah, if you're Zidane, Messi, you probably can hit it down the middle um, because the opposition, the goalkeeper will probably think you are going to just put it in one of the corners. But it was just like rolled down. It was like, you know, when you see um, a mascot who's like five years old take a penalty <laughs> against a goalkeeper? It was a bit like that, wasn't it? 
He's like, you know, yeah. let's let's let this little toddler have a chance to kick the ball, and then the goalkeeper dives the wrong way. Well, unfortunately, the goalkeeper didn't dive dive the wrong way, did he? And yeah, yeah it was it was very poor. And for a professional footballer, that was not good enough. The goalkeeper could have dived the wrong way, got back up, and walked into the middle of the goal and still saved it. It was so slowly <laughs> hit. soft, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, labour the point, Mike, but it wasn't very good, was it? That penalty? Well, yeah, I, mean, I can't really. To talk on this penalty because I missed two in a shootout once but um, yeah it was just really soft he just didn't seem to hit it with any conviction or again it seemed like tired minds he hadn't made his mind up and he was halfway through his run up and he didn't really know what he was going to do with it um, but you know there's no telling if anybody else would have scored it on that day they might have all missed it you know so yeah it was nil at half time obviously it didn't change in the second half and um we, it was it was quite strange at half time, Ollie. We'll talk about it because obviously with a twenty minute delay, we were just coming off for half time, and some games were sort of three or four minutes in, weren't they? Which was a bit of a random random thing, really, for a Shrewsbury Town fan to experience. It won't happen too many times that in the future, will it? No, it was a bit odd. Yeah, obviously we all kind of got home a bit later and stuff as well. But um, yeah, it kind of put us out of kilter with the rest of the the scores around uh, around the around the country. Um, yeah, and yeah, it was um, it was. Yeah, a poor first half, and yeah, second half was quite uh, was quite welcome. Yeah, and I, and I had look at the stats on the BBC at half time. We had only had the one shot on goal at half time, which was the penalty, and we were we were something like, and this is something else we haven't mentioned so far. But in terms of percentage of how much we had the ball, it was something like thirty. 35, 36, 37%, and they had, they had it the most of the rest of the time. So, you know, let's give Coventry some credit. They weren't good, but they, they dictated the ball um, at an away game, which was which was something we couldn't actually do, for you know, considering we were the home team. So that was disappointing as well, wasn't it? And that, I don't think that really changed in the second half either. So I was hoping that Hursty had given them a bit of a rocket, Ollie, and they'd come out in the second half. But the start of the second half, we should have let a couple of goals in or given a penalty away within about three or four minutes. It was get, it seemed like it was going to get worse. I think you put that on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, it was funny because I put on Twitter saying, um, you know, this is a really dire game, um, you know, and someone replied saying, yeah, but things can only get better and they didn't, did they? It got worse. No. <laughs> and yeah, it was, there's not, I can't really think of, I genuinely can't think of anything that happened in the second half. <laughs> No, no, I, I was struggling happened, in the first half like, as well, to be honest, apart from the penalty. It was, yeah, it was one of those we had the penalty, games. didn't we? Um, and then yeah. obviously the player got injured. But yeah. I'm, I'm not joking, I'm not just saying this for like, you know, dramatic effect. Like what? I can't remember what happened in the second half, apart from we were, we were, um, we were sh**. We had, a, we had a corner that Dodds headed over after a bit of a scramble, which he should have done better from, if you remember that. Yeah. But that was literally yeah. about the best chance we had in the entire half. Um but yeah, the, the rocket, you know, I don't know if they got a rocket or not, but it certainly didn't work. We we just, you know, we were not good at all for that opening 10 minutes of the second half. Um, Coventry, one thing we should say, Coventry's finishing was dreadful. Oh. For the amount of chances they oh, created, how many how many did they sky over the bar, Mike? Yeah, it was ridiculous. They were lashing them. Uh, they were really snatching at chances and again, probably comes from being bottom of the league. Um, but yeah, they need some shooting practice on Monday because that was really poor. Yeah, it was poor. And so it just sort of drifted on the half. We were just sort of sitting there. It was drifting by, not much going on. Obviously, Coventry would have a chance every now and again. Look, Wilder would make a good save, and we think we're getting away with it. And I think one of the things that was a slight positive, Ollie, if I can say that, is I think bringing on Freddie Lapado for Humphrey um, did make a bit of a change, didn't it? Because Freddie did try and influence it. He was better at chasing down. He he was putting the required work rate in, and he also held the ball up a little bit better. He didn't create any chances or have a chance, but... He was slightly better, wasn't it, when he came on? Yeah, he, he, I think the fans kind of reacted to him coming on as well. Shrewsbury fans yeah. um, kind of like joined in as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there was any need for the anti um, anti um, CC comments and stuff from the Shrewsbury Town fans. No. Going back to that point, but yeah, I don't. What did you make of like putting um, Roberts on the left wing and Dodds in central midfield? We think that was just like kind of like a desperate um, kind of ploy from the management team to try and just spark something into the team because um, it didn't really have much of an impact. Did it and yeah, I think I think it was a it was a case of Hurst matching them up formation wise just to try and get a foothold in the game. I thought we were better after we changed formation and and we sort of got some bodies in the middle of the park because Deegan, well, because I'm going to talk about Yates in a minute, but Deegan <laughs> was putting in the work of two because Yates just wasn't in the game and they were and that shows because we had such a small amount of possession is that that's where you really hold on to the ball in the middle of the park and they just weren't doing it. Um, and so when we got a few more bodies in the middle and, and we gave them a bit more help. That's when we were a little bit more uh, solid, I think. I mean, before we move on a bit further, Ollie, go on, mate. Sorry, Glenn. Yeah, I just want to make a comment on that. It's a really good point. So um, I, can't, I won't try to pronounce the guy's name. Big Aruma Manor or something. <laughs> really, I have no idea to pronounce <laughs> Again, his name. And number five, right. the number yeah. five for Coventry. Obviously, they were playing um, four three three, and their three just dominated. And yeah. Dodds or Dodds. 
Dodd still didn't do anything, did he? Didn't you know if you're <laughs> playing in the ten role and you've got a defence midfielder who's dominating play, Dodd should have been on him and he wasn't at all. And then that lad just kind of just dominated the entire game. He was a, a League One Kante. Um in a, He was in the best player on the game. park. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was pretty good. But then was he good because everyone else was so poor? Not sure. Obviously, it's not a fair test, that game. I think it's a kind of Josh's ability, but he was quite good. He was good because he had the space to be good, I think. We just gave him all the time yeah. in the world to do what he wanted, basically. Yeah, I was about to say, before, before we got caught there, I was just talk about some of the players specifically because I, I basically mentioned Robert's work rate. I didn't think it was it was as good as it has been and Humphrey was not particularly good in the game. He, he wasted a lot of the ball that he was being fed, so he was rightly subbed off for... Um, for Freddie, obviously, and then yeah, a lot. We were having a discussion around us, and you know, you know, you know where we sit, and we've obviously mentioned it on the podcast before. There's a row of four of us that are friends in front of us. We've got someone we've known for a long time. Then we've got uh, some other people in front of us who who have an, a dad and his lad who go. We've got to know just by sitting them, and again, other people around us as well. And it was just a topic of conversation in the second half about quite how bad Yates was playing. And you know, he's young, he's going to develop. All the things we said last week, Ollie, but. A guy in front of us who's been going to Shrewsbury Town for about 40, maybe 50 years, I'm not quite sure how long, said he's as bad as Dean Peer, which I thought was a pretty sad indictment of the performance he was putting in. Mike, on the other hand, described him as a, having, he was the bad Terry Dunfield before Terry Dunfield improved. So yeah. that's the kind of level of performance we were talking about with Yates. And Mike wants to just have his little say on it, and I, I kind of feel the same. I thought he was incredibly poor on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I catch this at the start by saying he is young and he's not played League One football week in, week out. So you can cut him a bit of slack, but. I think it's more of a question of what Hurst has seen him doing in the performances he's given that means that he's in the team. Or the other question is how bad is Bryn Morris in training <laughs> that he's not getting a go. But he just he sort of labours through the game, it passes him by, he doesn't really stick tight to a man. I'm not really sure what type of midfielder he's supposed to be because he doesn't break up play and put in a lot of tackles. He doesn't go forward and play very creative football. He doesn't seem to have a strong shot on him, not that we've seen anyway. He's not a set-piece specialist. He's not an engine. I'm not really sure what he's supposed to be and I'm not even sure he knows what he's supposed to be. And He seems to try and talk his way through a game because he, he just looks nervous and out of his depth a bit. But I might be being a bit harsh because he's only young. Yeah, but we said the same thing the other week, didn't we, Ollie? And, and I think that the game on Saturday crystallised maybe some of the concerns we raised a few weeks ago, don't, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I, I would say I wouldn't, I'm quite surprised by your comments. I don't think he was that poor. I thought everyone was really, really poor. But for me, he didn't stand out as being, you know, way beyond um, everyone else's um, kind of level. You know, if you're doing like your kind of football manager, um, you know, out of 10, a lot of our players would have got fives and I think he was just as poor as Deegan was. I'd agree with you in terms of tracking back and kind of putting the boot in. Um, Deegan did at least get booked so he looked like he was yeah. trying at one point. Um, but yeah, I think I don't know. It's interesting interesting to get your views on, on it um, that he was yeah, that poor and be interesting to see what Hurst does, whether he'll... Um, Obviously, Gogo won't come back in, and obviously, we clearly do miss a Gogo. Um, yeah, or whether definitely. we'll play um, the lad from Middlesbrough instead. Maybe interesting to see the team selection. Yeah, it might just be suffering from a Gogo comparisons, and he was so good, and we're so clearly missing him that, that probably my focus is on where he's playing, and you just notice that he's not up to those really good standards. So, you know, he, he's sort of having to follow uh, probably our player of the season so far. So, that might not be going in his favour, to be honest. But he is quite. It is easy, you know. We look at social media and we talk to people around us at the ground, and, and you get that feedback. He's quite. A, he has been a polarizing player in the last mm. few performances. So Mike's fair enough to raise the sort of issues that he has done, and you're obviously Ollie, pretty pretty good at giving the opposite side of it. So I think he is one of those players that still town fans are just not taken 100 percent to yet, and some have actually taken a little bit against him because of performances like Saturday. So it, it's an interesting to see how his time with Shrewsbury will go. Really, it, he could he could still turn around and, and be good in the last 10 odd games, but could also be a lone player that no one really remembers that fondly so we're interested to see how it goes Ollie. I think it's all saying Ollie Yates from that point onwards so yeah it was it's just good um, so yeah then the game was still meandering on during this discussion we had about Yates <laughs> nothing else really changed to be honest with you and uh, I said Dodds missed that chance and then Cov had some real good chances right at the end and I don't think I'm going to say this now and you probably will agree or disagree I don't know but Coventry should have won that game we should have lost it yeah they had more chances than we did so yeah why not yeah, what, about, what do you think, Ollie? Yeah, it was, I've, yeah, what else to say? Um, it was a poor game, <laughs> wasn't it? Let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> it may be worth doing. <laughs> well, it was, a bit, it was a bit strange to hear some sort of boos back at the end as well, because it's been a long time since we booed a Shrewsbury Town team off, so um, it wasn't a huge amount of boos. I won't make it out that it was more than it was, but we we always talk about the reaction at the end of the game, and there was a few muted boos, and I think... A bit disgruntled more than anything, Yeah, disgruntled, yeah. and I think on the just on the feel for that performance... That was probably fair enough, actually. Yeah. It wasn't an indictment on Paul Hurst or the work he's doing because there's no one at Shrewsbury Town or the 6,000 people in that ground would have thought he's done anything but a remarkable job oh, since yeah, he totally. joined the club. But 
you know, we, we would expect a little bit more than we had on Saturday. So I think that's fair enough. And hopefully yeah. the message gets through to the players that we won't won't accept that too many times. And, and hopefully we won't see it too many times either. Yeah. So I just booed myself for turning up, to be honest. <laughs> I should have stayed at home. Oh, dear. There we go, Swally. So you got any other observations on the game? I don't think there was any, was there? Because there wasn't any observations, frankly. Yeah, I'd agree with your point in terms of, I think it's worth just clarifying, isn't it? That if I didn't boo, um, I don't think it's fair to boo the team considering how well they're doing overall. But I think I'm sure those who do boo would just kind of just boo in terms of that's the only way fans have to react. And I'm yeah. sure if you ask anyone that did boo, it wasn't directed at Hurst, it was directed no. at players. No. I did, but I love booing. So <laughs> we've been over this, Ollie. I just, I've, I've missed it. <laughs> but um, yeah, there we go. So um, it wasn't directed at Hurst at all, and, and I still, you yeah. know, like like all the rest of the fans that probably booed when the players came over and Hurst came over, I clapped them oh, yeah. and said, you know, fair yeah, play, you know, we, we don't do it again. We didn't lose, and obviously it's probably just worth <laughs> exactly. We're talk- yeah, it's probably worth talking about the context of the fact that it actually put us a point further away from the relegation. Yeah, game, it's which, still a point, isn't it? Which was remarkable, really, considering how bad it had been. So you can kind of see the positives of it then, and. And we'll get we'll get on to Paul Hurst post match because I I got back I walked home and um and I thought he was quite refreshing to hear him and he sort of allayed my fears. But before we just do that, we'll go through our top threes because I think we're all pretty similar, aren't we? So do you want me just to read through these, Ollie? Because we're not yeah, very different. So uh, all three of us went for Sadler as man of the match, which I think we've covered in the last sort of forty minutes of talking that he was impeccable and, and ex- yep. excellent at the back. And actually, it was really nice to see Sadler when we were really struggling to get out. He really he ran forward a couple of times and got right up into the opposition box and, and sort of tried to get a few crosses in. And it was just, it was nice to see a captain sort of trying to influence the game like yeah. that. So that was good. All three of us then went for Lutweiler in second place because of the saves he made and, and his kicking was slightly better this week. And I think some of the criticism he's taken one week, he's then repaying with the faith back the next week. So yeah. we can take that. He's a League One player. I, I noticed you were having a bit of a Twitter chat with someone, Ollie, and you still, I thought you were a bit more negative about Lutweiler than you have been the last few weeks. Have you, have you seen something different or are you still kind of, you know, he's the best keeper we've got and you're not going to find too many better at this level? Or have you changed your mind? Um, yeah, I think I don't know. I'd love to. I'd love to have. I'd love to have the opportunity to chat to like Paul Hurst or an, a, a goalkeeping coach, a League One goalkeeping coach, to understand how good Luke. Because everyone goes on about how good Luke Viler is. It is shot. Is shots shot stopping. And I don't know. I'm, I was just kind of almost challenging back. Is it just the fact that we have we give away a lot of chances? And would any <laughs> League One or League Two standard goalkeeper make those saves anyway? He does make mm. some fantastic saves. That's true. But there was rumours, wasn't there, in the, in the tran- January transfer window that Hurst was trying to get a better goalkeeper. I, c- yeah. I concede that in League One level, you know, the, con- the distribution is not the most important thing. But I think his distribution is so poor, it does have an impact on our play. Um, and I, I don't know, I'll just kind of put the challenge out there. You know, we do talk about Luke Valer being a good goalkeeper and he has been a great servant to us. And I do like him, he's a good goalkeeper. But is he just an average League One, two go- a League One goalkeeper? Or is he above average or below average? I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think we as fans of Shrewsbury Town re- don't see enough other goalkeepers. Do you see my point? I, I do see your point, but I think one of the counters to that is that I thought that the distribution the Coventry keeper did was infinitely worse. His kicking was terrible. I, I, I put that on the agenda notes to talk about it, but I just thought it was interesting because we go mad about our goalkeeper's distribution. Obviously, Coventry rock bottom, so you'd expect him to be slightly worse than Lutweiler, but he was awful, the Coventry goalkeeper. So if he's the benchmark, then we obviously have got a slightly above average goalkeeper in Lutweiler so for, for League One standards. And, and the other thing that is interesting you say about that is I used, to, I used to think the same thing about Chris Wheel, is that I always thought he was a really good goalkeeper, but it probably was what you just said. It was the fact that when Chris Will was in goal we coughed up so many chances that he was forced to make save after save after save in League One so maybe it's a similar thing we'll look while uh, you know, we've, we've done this to death over the last few weeks and, and even Mike talks about it when he was last on about the mm. fact that he's probably the best goalkeeper we've, we've had for a while so let's leave it at that and we'll judge him at the end of the yeah. season when we give everyone our, our annual review um, but it was interesting we all said that we found picking a top three hard this week um, and but not because Sadler, Sadler and Lutwider stood out as one and two that was fine it was getting that third person and all three of us went for someone different um, I went for Grimmer just because I like Grimmer, I don't think he really made too many mistakes during the game. He didn't cough up that many chances, but you know it could have been one of three or four. Obviously, Ollie, you went for Toto, and Mike went for Gary Deegan. So it just shows you that for that third man of the match place, really, you could have given it to any of the sort of more average performers in the team because it was so difficult to pick, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. I picked Deegan purely because I felt sorry for him playing with Yates, but that goes back to my <laughs> my Yates problem. So I'll leave it there again. Yeah, is is, is it is it a, a price thing? You just you have you do you have particularly high standards for central midfield players? Yeah, that's it. You know, it's um, I don't know. I just because again, I'm a go go fanboy, so you'll never replace him for me. You know, that's I think it. There, might, there might be a price <laughs> thing. We have to just have one player that we we don't like. And that's it. I've got more than one. Don't worry about that. <laughs> there we go. But, um, 
So there we go. And yeah, you went for Toto, obviously, with sadly getting man of the match and not giving a clean sheet away. I guess that's why you went for him, Ollie. Yeah, I was that. And also, I was struggling and I remembered that Paul Hurst munched him in his post match. So that's why I went for him. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if Paul Hurst, Paul Hurst's always right, isn't he? So What did Paul Hurst have to say after that as well? Yeah, so he said, as I was kind of mentioning the start, he said it was a, it was a good point in terms of he'll, he'll learn a lot about the players. Um, he said he was frustrated um, we didn't win because obviously we would be up to 14th and that would be pretty phenomenal. Um, he did make a very interesting comment that he didn't like the pre-build-up um, from the press. So that was quite interesting. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned already, he wasn't very happy with the penalty, um, losing um, losing Worley. And and it's interesting because I always feel a bit sorry for Lewis Cox because he obviously does the um, the questions after BBC. And obviously BBC ask him the main ones. And he, yeah, he's, and he kind of said again, what do you, why do you think we lost? And he just kind of like huffed, like not huffed, he kind of like sighed and went... But we just didn't pass to each other, did we? Like just basics, pure <laughs> basics. Um, so I've, I do love Paul Hurst because he's he, like sometimes I'm trying to write his comments, but you learn a lot from just watching it because he does give away a lot of expressions. I don't think he'd be the mm. best poker player because um, he does give away a lot of, it, of his emotion, kind of. In, but it's just good, for, obviously, for a, a fan to watch because you obviously you kind of you can see what he what he thinks. But I guess one thing point just to take out of um, the post match, especially the the full extended one, is um he said they couldn't really train on Friday. Oh yeah, you mentioned this year because of the pitch and there's been so much rain in the area and you know. You know, it's been quite clear my view on the training ground, and I think it's a key element of a, of a, of a, of a you know efficient and effective football um, structure. And we need this training ground ASAP. And um, yeah, the sooner we can get onto it, the better. Yeah, but the weather has been crap around it, Ollie. To be fair, so it's probably slowed up a lot of progress. I did me me usual run. I ran past there again. I ran past the the, the training ground again this morning. It didn't seem to have made any progress since I ran that past there last week. But has there been any updates on that? Does anybody know when it's going? Yeah, to be? they did. Yeah, they did. I did my um, pre-match, my pre-Saturday, listening to and um, catch up on a few things. Um, and yeah, they said that they've they've cut the lawn and they've done some of that. You know that earthquake thing they do they they, did on, they used to do on the old meadow to try and increase Shake the drainage. It up. Yeah, so they've been doing a, quite a few things. But yeah, I I, I think probably from. From just yeah, watching you wouldn't you wouldn't know that, but yeah, apparently they've been cutting it more, and I think they're getting close. They didn't tell any dates though, which is obviously the the kind of yeah. the, the key answer we want. And it's it's more vital now because I I have to say I think the pitch on Saturday looked pretty grim, uh, to be honest with you. Mm. And a lot of the yeah. poor passes and touches that town players were having looked to be coming from you know a few bobbles here and there. So it's it is definitely wearing, and you can tell they've been using it to do a few training sessions on. And obviously then you've had you know they've got the bloody Shropshire Senior Cup final on Tuesday, which I bet they would have wished they wouldn't have to play on the meadow because they would have liked that pitch to repair itself before our next home game luckily we're away for a few games now so that'll probably be okay but yeah it didn't look good on Saturday did it Mike? No it was, it's certainly looking a lot patchy than it has and it's always been a brilliant surface actually yeah. um, in recent years anyway um, so it's a shame to see it deteriorate but hopefully that's just through excessive wear and it can get back up to standard pretty quick yeah, that's fair enough, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, definitely. So, just going back to Hurst, what was his problem with the press pre-game? I didn't pick up on that. What, he thought we were just going to win easily and he didn't like that or something? Um, yeah, I think he was just kind of saying, I, th- um, I was driving to um, Shrewsbury and um, BBC Shropshire were being quite chipper about how we should win this game. Um, oh dear. So, um, I think I think it was almost like the, the context, but in terms of what he was saying, but how much do the players really listen to BBC Shropshire? No, um, so I'm not sure how much of an impact that has on them. They probably, probably most of them probably don't even live in Shrewsbury anyway in Shropshire. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I'm not sure how much of that had, but yeah, I think I think her, I think it just kind of comes back down to Perth's professionalism in that he wants his players to be you know going out to fight every game, and we mm. clearly didn't do that. Well, I'll be honest with you, even if you were young and you lived in Shrewsbury, the last radio station you listened to was Radio Shropshire unless you like music from the 1960s. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you listening to it anyway, Ollie. So there yeah. we go, that covers up the post-match. Did, you did your top, you did your um, three-word match reports as well, I saw, Ollie. Have you got any of those? Oh, have? yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, I'll just, the, the beauty of internet, let me just quickly go to the Shrewsbury Town group. So, yeah, there was <laughs> a lot of comments, actually. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't do it for the... Um, the, game. Um, game on Tuesday, yeah. So where is it? So um, yeah, a lot of people kind of being quite fair in terms of you know Coventry worked harder. Um, Richard Price was saying better than Mellon. Um, <laughs> Alex was saying cost my bet, and I think probably quite a lot of people lost their bet. A few people were just like awful, 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 worst game ever. Um, we can't pass. Um, Adrian Plymouth of Coventry going down. So yeah, there's quite a lot of. Um, people kind of all covering the points we've made already as well yeah, in terms of really enough. poor game and um and obviously just kind of um pointing out that it was a really poor um really poor 
um, penalty. A few others as well. Chris Taylor mentioning the pitch. Yeah, um, So I think, yeah, quite measured comments from Shrewsbury Town fans, to be fair. That's fair enough. I think the only other thing I'm going to say before we move on to Southampton news is uh, there's absolutely no chance Coventry are not going to be relegated. Having seen them on Saturday, yeah. you know, that was their best performance and they still couldn't win. So um, that's the one thing I would say about it. And it's a shame. I always had a soft spot for Coventry myself because I went to university there and spent some fun times at Highfield Road when they were in the Premiership. It seems like a long time ago now. So, um, you should go yeah. and watch them at Wembley. Yeah, well, no. I, you, I don't know if you listened to some of my earlier podcasts about the Check and Trade <laughs> Trophy, Mike. But, um, no. There we go. So uh, I think that'll kind of sum it up and we'll move on to South News, Ollie. So, Steve McKenzie against Bobby Mims and it's McKenzie! 2-1 to Shrewsbury! Party time! So, South News. Um, I suppose the, the first thing to take a note of this week, and uh, we never picked up on it last week, was the season tickets for next season in our sale and it's frozen prices. So, incredibly good. I mean, there's nothing else you can say to, to freeze the prices after the season we've had was probably... <laughs> the only decision you could make really and um, it's been frozen for I think like five years now hasn't it which is again showing that there's no sort of profiting of the Town fans especially if you get out on the early bird ticket so I think the first question to ask you two is you'll be both renewed and I'd imagine uh, if you'd have asked me that question a few months ago I was a bit 50-50 but I will uh, because frankly what else am I going to do <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon in Shrewsbury in the winter you know that's the question yeah. but no I, no I love going down obviously and we've got a group we sit by so I'll be renewing no problem I've already done it oh, there you no, go. Well done, I did it I was sitting on the plane and waiting to take off um, and I did it then um, so I did it when Good I was stuff. in Amsterdam on Wednesday it was just yeah just quick and easy to do just go online got it done and um, yeah I was always going to renew it so um, it's really funny my girlfriend kind of um, obviously I was kind of just looking at the fixtures for, and obviously the, the the we've got no fixtures in May, so obviously April's the last month. And my girlfriend was like, "Oh, that's great," and I could tell she's then thinking, oh, "That means you're going to be around more often, isn't it?" So yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely would have have the. My girlfriend kind of enjoys um, me being a bit like when I used to come back from uni. My mom and my girlfriend enjoy me being around more, but then after a few weeks and a few months, it's like, "Yeah, when does the football season start again?" Yeah, I can I can imagine that, Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, but I mean, it, I'm just on the off chance, we're, I'm obviously going to renew as well, but it's just good. To have seen the prices pegged, isn't it? And, and I think the, the football club should get some credit for a sensible decision on that one, shouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good to see. And in terms of progress as well, obviously we didn't see it. We don't go this way, but there's now some lighting on Super Blues Way, Ollie. I don't, you probably didn't see it either because I don't think you go out that way either. But um, again, I do go that way, but for... it's too light now. It's too yeah, light, I do, but it's light. <laughs> well, it's light now, isn't it? Obviously, it wasn't there on the Tuesday game. Oh, it's the summer's yes, coming. <laughs> yeah, it's too bright. It's blinded me. I can't see. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like the ultimate Mona Shrewsbury Town fan. Well, they've installed some lights, finally, but they've installed those lights that are too bright. Goddamn them! <laughs> yeah, those lights. I can't believe it. It's unbelievable. No, no, I haven't had the chance to experience the lights yet. No. Let's put it that way. I look forward to it. I think the Super Blues contributed to it. So again, credit to them for stepping up and paying for something that football clubs should be bloody paying for in the first place. Because you know, why are we relying on yeah, fans' money to done. provide things that we we all need for safety reasons? boggles my mind Ollie God knows why we do that sort of thing but um, we, sh- we shan't be too negative we've just had a crappy game we've talked about um, also Tuesday I'm not going and I probably doubt you two are either but um, Shropshire Senior Cup Final probably just worth mentioning that Ollie do you- I don't think we're going to be playing too many first team players in that game are we in current current circumstances no we won't be um, I was thinking of going and I was chatting okay. to my mate um, who are next to me at the game saying yeah but then I remembered that um, I'm going to London on Monday, Amsterdam again next week, then I'm going to High Wycombe, and then I'm going to London again on Friday. So I don't think adding a, a, a drive to Shrewsbury is a good idea. No, people have already questioned the amount of time you go to Amsterdam recently as well, Ollie, so you better be careful. <laughs> yeah, Mark Elliott called me out on BBC Shropshire. I don't know if you heard that. but I did see that, yeah. <laughs> exactly, you better keep your head down, mate. So I would have gone if I was there on Tuesday, but like you, I'm away as well. And I know Mike has got no love for these <laughs> sort of competitions. I've been known him all my whole life. My so. only concern is will the power league be shut? Because I play five aside on a Tuesday <laughs> night, and then I'd rather be doing that. So I won't be going to the Sopshire Senior Cup, but I might be around the ground. So if I hear some cheers, I can give you like no, a, you an audio report for an hour. Yeah, it's yeah. a shame though because I probably would have gone just to see some of the youth players because I. For football yeah. manager, I did the football manager stats, which I mentioned before, and it's always good to see these young players, you know, for the first time, and I can kind of make it a bit more accurate from there. But I'd, I'd already seen one youth team game this season, so um, that's kind of helped a little bit. But yeah, obviously, as long as we smashed Telford as usual, even if it's with a bunch of kids like we did last year, I think everyone will be happy, won't they? So yeah, if anyone's going down on Tuesday and they want to just um, send us a report for that game, Ollie, we'll, we'll do a little bit on it, won't we? Yeah, if if someone idea. can send us some audio, maybe. Um, so that'd be good next week. Um, and the last thing that's happened this week is Lutweiler's got another call up for Canada. Um, the Canadian Swiss man um, versus Scotland which I was reading about and I think means he won't actually miss any Salop games this time because it's on the 22nd of March um, and it, the Port Vale games have been moved to a Friday night now Ollie as well hasn't it roughly around that time it's so a nightmare 
Yeah, Which terrible. I've got to drive the M5, M6 on a Friday. Like, <laughs> got it. Like, what? Who wants to go on the M6 on a Friday north? It's like, it's impossible. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know why they've done that. Uh, I, I think just for the trouble as usual, isn't it? I don't think there's anything else. Or someone was saying it was about, because we were talking the other week, we went about Stokes games, but I still can't figure out why that would be. But there we go, it is a pain. But as we said last week, Ollie, no one wants to drive the M6, M5 on a Friday night, but no one wants to go to Port Vale ever. So regardless, it's not no. a journey anyone wants to really make anyway. it's not what anyway, you can do so. on a train, is it? It's not no, a good easy train really. one. No, there we go. Anyway, I, I shall be. I'm going to go on that Friday night game as well, so I shall see you there, Ollie. But um, yeah, there wasn't really much news this week, other than that. But um, some some positive news anyway, at least, which is good. So fair play to the club. So yeah, we'll try and wrap this up now because um, we've gone past an hour. So we'll uh, move on to predictions. I think it's Gosling, number 18. Yes, it's uh, Gosling for Aldershot. Really needs to score to keep his side in it. And Howie has done it again. Three out of three for Scott Howie. He is a hero. Scott has a save. Okay, so our prediction league. Um, both of us went for a win, which was uh, kind of returning to Mellon era. I'm highly um, too optimistic. So <laughs> we both went to a 2-0 win and we were both wrong. So it's 25-21 to me. Um, and this yep. week we're going to go for Chesterfield away. So I guess the first thing to say is that either, either of you guys go into the game? I said last week I was going to go, but I've just been informed today that I'm supposed to be going to my wife's uh, mum and dad's 50th wedding anniversary or something like that. I don't know, maybe not 50, maybe 40. So unfortunately I can't go to Ali, so I'm, I'm screwed. I won't be able to go to next week's game. So yeah, you're not. I don't think you're going either, are you? So again, we'll we have to I some am. help for yeah, next week. Oh, going. you are? You're going now? Good stuff. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going. So um, yeah, it'll be good. And um, yeah, hopefully it'll be better than the last time we went. Um, yes. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, and hopefully we can get some revenge. So, But yeah, I d- I'm definitely going to this one. I've got permission, so that's all good. Oh, there you go. I, I went last year, didn't we, at the 7-1, and it, it, going to Chesterfield makes you feel like we've got such a crap stadium for a new build compared to Chesterfield's, and it just makes you feel a bit jealous, really. So prepare to feel like that, Ollie, because it's pretty nice, their new stadium, to be honest with you, and they seem to have all the, all the things that we haven't got. So, um, yeah, it might make you feel a bit pining for the for the comforts at home that we should be having, really. But, yeah, it'd be good that you're going there. So, obviously, as you're going, we'll let you pick first, Ollie, in terms of what you think your prediction should be. I'm going to go for a rocket up the player's arse and a 3-0 victory. Yeah. Oh, no. Mike's doing the sign for a mental person here now, right now, so um, make of that what you will, Ollie. I'm going to go for... Uh, let, I mean, I think a point would be all right, and if you look at what's happening next week, we're playing Chesterfield, but there's tons of the teams down the bottom all playing each other next week, isn't it? So... Even if we got yeah. a point, it probably wouldn't be too disastrous because someone's going to take points off someone else. I think Swindon are playing Vale, aren't they? So um, that's a pretty massive one for us, really. So yeah, I'll go for. I think I'll go for a one-one draw and, and just you know not not avoid defeat and then and then move on to the next one. Really, what about you, Mike? Not being a massive uh, sort of football nerd, I just had to scroll down to find out where Chesterfield were in the league. I was going <laughs> to ask, are they any good? But they're clearly not because they're second bottom. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go for three nil. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, what the hell? But then they're also not very good. So I'm going to go for completely randomly two uh, one win because we should beat them. Um, yeah, but the way we're playing, we'll probably cough up a few chances. Mm. Yeah, they're also we'll playing rest. in the week as well. So they're playing against Warsaw on Tuesday night in Warsaw. Oh right. Um, so obviously we got a bit more time and a bit more time to rest and prepare for that game. So that might have an impact as well. Yeah, it's one of those weeks where Vale. Cov, Chesterfield have all got games haven't they in the week so it'll be a case of just praying that they all lose really to sort of keep us sort of safely above the relegation zone with a nice gap won't it so that's what we'll be looking to see on Tuesday night if we're not at the uh, Shropshire Senior Cup final I mean we're into the last 10 games now Ollie uh, you know as of Saturday um, which is interesting it's the sort of final running now um, and we've got you know two away games Chesterfield and Port Vale and then back home against Bolton in the rest of March so these next three games obviously we, we sort of take them these chunks of threes don't we in terms of you know how how sort of define it could be, but Chesterfield and Port Vale, obviously, right down where with us, we'd want to win at least one of those games, wouldn't we? We need to, don't we? Yeah, we need to keep on going because I think the one thing that we've all been surprised by by uh, Shrewsbury Town fans is how we've had this fantastic run. You know, in the last before the Coventry game of the last ten games, we were second in the form table, but we haven't pulled mm. away. Obviously, we pulled away. We have slipped, pulled away an extra point this week, but. Yeah, we've just yeah. got to keep on going because, you know, the league is so poor and you look at the league table, we've, we've pulled us, um, Berry, Gillingham, 
have pulled so many other teams into the relegation fight that um, yeah, it's, it's it's relentless and we've got to keep on winning. Yeah, and the, the thing that worries me the most looking at the last ten games is we've been relying on our home form, but the home games we've got left are, are pretty tough. You know, we've got Bolton who are, who are going to be going for promotion. We've got Millwall who are up in the top six. We've got Rochdale who are in the top eight, I think, or top nine, something like that. And Walsall who are up there as well. So we can't rely on picking up easy points for any of our remaining home games. So we've really got to. You know, we've really got to try and keep it going. We've got a nice split, five home games, five away games. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it, you can't rely on that really, can I just you? Like? At this. It looks like seven of the last eight games are against teams in the top 12. Yep. Which, home or away, they're going to be tough. Uh, they're all teams that are above us. So, we've picked up a lot of points recently, uh, scrapping against some teams down by us. But, is this running going to be real tough? And, you know, we've got those three home games against three really good teams mm. you know if we get on a bad run of form yeah it's going to be squeaky bum time at the end of the season East is going to be tricky Ollie isn't it because that's when we've got Millwall Rochdale um, and and then away at Bristol Rovers that's a real tricky Easter period that is for us none of those games are going to be easy for the town are they no no it's not but I don't know maybe it's when we're playing the tougher games the best um, best comes out of um, yeah, the team yeah that's true what, what, what do you think is the target in terms of points just while we're talking about it oh, it's impossible to say isn't it because everyone just keeps on winning you know, earlier on in the season, you might have thought that, you know, 50 might have been enough, but mm. I don't think 50 will be anymore. I think it, it might be, well, I think we will definitely get over 50. It might be that, like, I don't know, because Swindon get, Swindon, Swindon who are in the relegation post now and they're three points ahead of, maybe they might get a, another nine points or so, um, yeah. which would take them into like the mid 40s. So maybe mid 40s is what you need. What do you guys think? Probably, you know, you'd like to get up to 50 points and think that's fine, everyone will be safe on 50 points, but maybe 48 might do it sort of thing. I think that the biggest game out of all the remaining games is away at Port Vale because they've got all those games in hand and they're the ones I think we want to keep at as, as arm's length as far as possible. So if we beat Port Vale, I think you might only need one, maybe one one or two more home wins um, or, or one or two wins in any of the games we've got left and I think that would probably do it. So, yeah, I think mid-40s might just about do it, but it's going to be pretty tight, as Mike just said at the end there. We'll have to see how it goes on. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting yeah. ten games to go for, isn't it? So we shall be covering them all as we usually do. So uh, yeah, any, anything else about the running really, or should we should we should we wrap it up? I think yeah, it's been a good pod. We covered lots of points, and good to have a mic on. So um, yeah, not too much else to say, is it really? Apart from there was that rumor just came up online before we started that a go go was in press talk and talks with Shrewsbury to extend his contract. But oh good. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. But no, um, yeah, four points from, from a week. And um, yeah, I guess hopefully we can get a win at Chesterfield and, and keep the form going. Yeah, as long as we lose 7-1, Ollie, everyone will be a happy man, won't they? So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've cheered me up telling me uh, go go's trying to sign a new contract. I hadn't seen that, so let's leave it on a positive. Hopefully the skipper will be back for next year and uh, over his injury problems and we can be looking forward to a nice, comfortable mid-table season with a go-go yeah. leading us on. But there we go. Actually, one point that people keep mentioning online is people seem to be questioning whether Hurst will be with us next year. Yeah, um, and I I find that really odd. Did I I haven't looked back at the the the, the deal when we signed him, but did we sign him on an eighteen month contract? I don't think it really matters at Shrewsbury though, because we don't pay him very much. So any big club can just come and take a, a you know even Rotherham could you know, as we talked about this the other week, didn't we? That Rotherham might be the place he goes because they're already down. He's a legend there, and you know he'd still be managing the League One. They'd still have enough money to come and take him off us with a bit of compensation for old Roland. So. No, no manager's really secure here, and it's been a it's been a long time since we had a manager anyone wanted to poach off us, hasn't it, Ollie? So yeah. I, think oh, that's I a positive for Paul I Hurst. can't actually think in my time of Shrews supporting Shrewsbury Town, and probably you guys as well. Can you have we ever actually lost had a manager um, been poached? I can't think of one. No, I can't think no. anyone's moved on to anywhere since no. I was since I was a lad. Fred Davis, no. Simpson, no. Peter's got sacked, didn't he? Um, We're not Turner very good at choosing left. managers, are we? <laughs> no, it's been, it's been a it was it's a bit lean. Uh, yeah, Hurst seems to be on his way up before he came to us, so it would it wouldn't surprise me at the moment to see him continue that upward trend. Um, hopefully, no, not before next season. I'd like to see him do another season, see what he can yeah, do with a right. with a full pre season, a full transfer window, and and get his proper squad together. I think we could be on for good times next season if we keep hold of him. If not, Ollie, if you remember back to the very long old days of episode 11 where I was talking about wanting Russell Slater's manager, he's now been sacked, hasn't he? So he's available. So maybe yeah, exactly. maybe six to eight months later, we'll probably get Russell Slater back. So. Country's worst ever manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's not got much to write home about his time at Coventry, hasn't he? But um, there we go. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it's something that's going to keep rearing its head, Ollie, but um, we shall keep an eye on it and, uh, and and report back what's going on, won't we? But there we go. So we'll yeah. wrap this podcast up now. Thanks to Mike for joining us, second yeah. time as a guest, which Thanks, is uh, Anytime. for the first time, yeah. And um, yeah, I shall speak to you next week, Ollie. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening.